Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is another hot docs interview, and I think, uh, well, we're probably up to about six or seven. Uh, we're here today to talk with the director, Nasa, about her new film, School Life. It is a delightful uh, journey. It's kind of like a road movie, but all happens within the context of a schoolhouse. And this this beautiful, gorgeous setting and wonderful people, a deeply relational film. You're going you're gonna to love it. I mean, this is a film that is full of uh, energy in its own way. It's full of hope. There's a sense of humor. Uh, this is all about, um, huh, this is all about building stronger relationships, it seems to me, from, from, from the ground up. And, from, um, and, we, and we open up by talking about Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How cool is that? Uh, coming right up, um, don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my uh, podcasting, my speaking, a little bit of my writing as well. Uh, if you want to support what I do through uh, face-to-face. You can do that through patreon.com and also rabble.ca for more information about other interviews as well. Coming right up, we're talking about the Canadian premiere of the film School Life at Hot Docs coming right at you. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by another very special guest today. Always very special guests here on Face to Face. Nasa Nikianan is with us here today to talk about her new film, School Life Hot Docs. Uh, Canadian premiere, a delightful film. Nasa, the first important question is, did I get your last name right? Did I pronounce it properly? You did an excellent job. <laughs> thank you. Because <laughs> we know my Gaelic is very poor. So <laughs> thank you for, thank you, thanks for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Oh, a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. So can we start with Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star? Yes, you can start, okay. Isn't, isn't that kind of where it all begins, really, in a sense? You know, um, um, singing, you know, sort of, I mean, it was just such a beautiful way to end your film and for, for right out of the gate, by the way, congratulations. What a, what a delightful journey. What a, what a beautiful film. Uh, and it's just a lot more going on than meets the eye. It seems to me. Ah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So 
yeah, children, education, twinkle, twinkle, little star, um, fairy tales, stories, mystery, wonder. I mean, is that what kind of drew you in, in a sense, at the beginning? Well, yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was it was really a search for a school for our own children. At the oh, time, we, okay. Yeah, that's how the whole sort of journey began. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we were living up in the northwest of Ireland, which is kind of a, uh, quite a rural part of the country, and it's quite a homogenous community. And our children were attending um, a small village school there, and we thought that this was kind of an idyllic setting, but then you kind of realize that there was very little diversity. And we were really looking for a more broader education. And we wanted an education that wasn't so dominated by the Catholic Church as well. Mm. So so we started looking locally at other schools. But it, like in rural areas around Ireland, there's, there's very little choice. So um, we cast the net a bit wider and wider. And uh, we went to visit um, non-denominational mm. schools. And then finally, we realized we would have to move, like mm. we'd have to go somewhere. So um, we found Hedford. Uh, it was the last primary boarding school in the country. And um, we found uh, it on a website to begin with. And mm. it was the letter of the headmaster that first attracted us. Okay. Because, yeah, because in it he was talking about, you know, the happiness of the whole child. Oh, okay. and, and that was kind of, that, that was a really good starting point for us. So we drove down to meet him and uh, really loved what he had to say and um, and decided that we would move down there as a family and we would send our children there as day pupils. And and he appears in the film throughout, correct? Yep, he is. Yeah, he himself was, I mean, Hedford, the school, that we, the school, like, it's, it's, it's been running since uh, 1948. Right, right. And um, it's set, it, I mean, the, 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 the the environment is, is spectacular. It's oh, set yeah, in an 18th gorgeous. century house. Um, they have like a 48-acre wood. Um, like it's quite, it's quite a special place. It's still rural, but um, uh, the headmaster was a student in the school. He first went there when he was seven. And then, you know, after sort of a long meandering um, career as an educationist, he was in the Dalton School in New York. Um, he came back to Hedford with quite a progressive kind of view on education. And, uh, and so, yeah, so the school, basically, it's, uh, it's different from other primary schools in Ireland in that it's sort of it, the, the subjects are teacher, like they have teachers for every specific subject. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, yeah, I mean, we just loved what we saw, and our kids attended the school for a year. And we saw them blossom and thrive. Hmm. And then at the same time, the headmaster was aware of our previous work. And he asked us, would we be interested in making a film about the school? Wow. Because nobody really knows about the school. I know, we, we couldn't... It's lovely to, be, we were... lovely to be invited. Exactly, exactly. And we thought, like, we, David and I both had been to boarding schools as children. Um, I had, I went when I was 11 and I had quite a positive experience, but David was seven when he was sent and, uh, his parents were living in Nigeria at the time and the Biafran war had broken out. Mm. So they sent him to a school in the UK, but he was only seven and it was quite a traumatic experience for him. So we had, we had kind of conflicting views about boarding school and both of us were quite curious to know, well, what does the 21st century boarding school look like? Right. 
yeah. which is so interesting. You know what? What it, that's uh, that almost sounds, well, sounds like it would have made a great logline. What is the twentieth first century? Because um, <laughs> like? your your sort of your opening shots certainly don't look very. Your establishing shots certainly don't look very twenty first century. No, you know exactly. what I mean? It's just, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Maybe maybe the J- Jimi Hendrix mural, maybe, yeah. uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, so tell me, you, you, you said you were looking for a broader education for your kids. What, what do you mean by that broader education? Is that, is that more relational? Is that more, um, you know, holistic, the whole child looking for the happiness of the whole child? Is, is that what you meant by broader? Yeah, well, both. I mean, we, we wanted it to be non-denominational, um, because, you know, we, we believe that children should be, you know, taught religion, but that they should be taught all religion. Right. Right. And um, and we also, I mean, it is, I mean, I think it is about the whole child. I mean, every child is different. And we really felt that this was a school that recognized, um, you know, that children children were different. And it, it gives them, like, immense freedom mm. in a safe mm. environment mm-hmm. to discover who they are, like, to discover where is it that they excel. So if they're not academic, maybe it's in music. If it's not in music, maybe it's in art. If it's not in art, maybe it's in sport. You know, but it just, it just, they really try and work to kind of build a confident children that kind of find their little space or their little niche in life. And, you know, I, I think that's just... Well, and you, and you and David, I mean, you tease it out so beautifully. I mean, it's mm. just, it's so relational. I mean, the, the space, I mean, what I got was from this, I mean, many things, I suppose, but mm-hmm. was, you know, most of my education, I would argue most, a lot of it, not most, but... Um, you know, kind of transactional, I guess you could say, you know, here's what you got to read. Here's what you got to write, yeah. get it done, yeah. get get it in by this date and you get your A plus, you get your B minus yeah. and you move on. Yeah. And I remember my daughter, Victoria, was learning mathematics at a very young age. And I thought, you know, as I was watching some of the scenes from your film, you know, especially the music stuff and that wonderfully... Yeah you know, the mural behind them. And it's just such a wonderful uh, uh, moments that you create there mm-hmm. and show and, and, and for, for us. Um, I just thought, you know, what about play? Where does play yeah. come into this, you know? Exactly. And, and how could your film, um, um, I don't know, change, change, change the way we, we look at pedagogy? Yeah, well, I th- yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, this school, it's not, a, it's not afraid to allow children to play because through play they learn. And, and, and that's what we see, um, you know, with the three characters that, that, that we focus on, um, you know, like Ted, who has dyslexia, you know, it's not about, you know, sitting down with a teacher one-to-one learning how to read, but like, you know, she, you know, Amanda, who has like an absolute passion for literature, but mm-hmm. she gets them, she gets them to perform because he is a performer and she gets right. them to play, you know, the ghost in mm-hmm. Hamlet and, and and I, I you know you can see the way that she you know she never draws attention to his to his um, dyslexia you know like you wouldn't know you don't you hardly even notice that she's reading the lines for him for him to repeat you know it's it's just it's just so you know tenderly done yes, how she yeah, kind t- of encourages him tenderly done is a great phrase and I mean you mm-hmm. must have really seen this uh, place in a in a whole different light first I guess as a parent and and then getting kind of the feedback from your kids as students but 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 actually kind of living it for for a significant amount of time you must have it, it must I mean it strikes me as an intimate place to begin with no it was well we knew like the way we work is you know we 
we, we really try and get to know our characters yeah. really well and we try and create that intimacy. So literally it was just David and I who were filming. Like, mm. you know, I did the camera, David did the sound and we asked the headmaster, like we wanted to work observationally. We didn't want to interview people. We didn't want any voiceover. We wanted to show people the world, to bring them into the world. So what we asked the headmaster was, could we have an office in the school mm. so that we became part of everybody's daily life? And so we, we were never the focus of, you know, the film crew are here today. That was never it. We were always there. And then people just accepted us, the children right, and the right. staff. And so that sort of that sort of wall disappeared. And, 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 you know, we tried to become part of the group. So, you know, when we were with the kids, you know, they let us into their circle. You know, mm. they really accepted us as part of the group. And the same with John and Amanda. Um, and with John and Amanda, I have to say, you know, they were, it did take a while. I mean, in the beginning, they thought, I mean, they had no interest in us as filmmakers. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I think I could get that sense from their, from what little I now know of these, these folks. Yeah. They yeah. wouldn't really give a rat's ass about, about a no. couple of filmmakers coming in to tell their story. They're, they're there to teach kids. And, exactly. And, and uh, yeah, and, and, and clearly to, to love each other. <laughs> That, you know, it's just, so, and again, that just so, be, I mean, how beautiful is that, that you've got this couple that have dedicated their lives um, to teaching kids, to men, you know what, to mentoring kids, really, right? Yeah, no, that's, I know. That's the other thing for me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually an electrician by trade, so I had to do, um, I don't, I don't kind of, what would you say, I don't practice anymore? Anyway, um, I did 8,500 hours uh, as a, as an apprenticeship, you know, working side by side, elbow to elbow with with people learning how to become a better electrician. It seems to me that might be something that we've kind of lost, certainly in Western uh, pedagogy. If, I, well, I mean, maybe the question is, did we ever have it in the first place? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, like, like with Hedford, it didn't seem like there was like a particular pedagogy, you know, like right, each, right. Each, each teacher kind of brought, I mean, with John and Amanda, it was their 46 years of experience. Yeah, it's really. amazing. And, and you see in the film that they're still learning, you know, mm -hmm. you see Amanda giving out to John about, well, that it's was beautiful. the wrong way to yeah. do that, you know, like you shouldn't have done it like that, you know, because <laughs> right. she doesn't, you know, she's going to, she's going to put her, you know, her walls up, her defenses up. So, you know, and, and, and John, you know, even in his 70th year was still humble enough to sort of go, yeah, you know what? I got that wrong. You know, I'm a, you know, I'll go yeah. and apologize. And, 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 and I think that was what was lovely. It's like, you know, they're teachers, but, you know, they're not afraid to get it wrong and then just to correct it and, and to try a different approach. And then, like, with, you know, if you talk about like, with Dermot, you know, like, what he brought from the Dalton School was, was like, the Socratic method, where he, you know, he didn't do, he, he wasn't interested in any kind of, Dermot, sorry, the headmaster, right. he wasn't interested in any kind of rote learning, you know, it, it was all about, you know, let, let's pick a subject and let's discuss it and let's yes. listen to each other's opinions and let's, and let's move things through that, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. it was much more dynamic way of, of approaching a subject rather than going in there and saying this is right, which is what you see in the same-sex marriage class. Yes, you know. yes, that was fascinating, Wait, yeah. Wasn't it? And I mean, and also, like, you know, even introducing the idea of, you know, same-sex marriage to 10- and 11-year-olds, like, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't bring, you know, they, they, they speak to the kids on the same level, right, you know, yeah. they don't, they don't, very, they don't very respectful. it down. Yeah, exactly, and, you know, and that's one of the funniest scenes in the film, is just, like, to see the you know, the viewpoint of the children and how they see things and how they try and, you know, figure it all out. And, 
Yeah, I mean, well, I you love know what? You know, I'm pretty sure it was Einstein who said that most, you know, kids before they were, you know, five or six years old know more more about physics than most scientists do, because yeah. they just they have a sense for how the world works. They may not have the framework and the language and the definitions and all the labels we give it. Yeah. But they still have this understanding, and I think that's really, I think it's beautiful and rich, and I think it's deeply relational. And I think yeah. that's what's so remarkable about what you've captured in this film. I mean, just from John and Amanda, their relationship, but then how that's transmitted, how that's passed on through the kids and, and uh, in, in a variety of different ways. And it's all just done in such a... Um, yeah, as you said, uh, tender, gentle, uh, quirky, quirky way. <laughs> There's no question, but but really quite delightful. Hey, tell us what uh, in place of the parent. What is what does that mean? Okay, well, you see that, that the original title of this film when we when we it was a, it was the working title. It was in loco parentis, which is Latin for in place of the parent, mm-hmm. and that is the legal status of a teacher. You know, when they're looking after kids, they are as responsible or even more responsible for the children than their parents are. Hmm. And so we and we thought that this, because this was a, a boarding school, a primary boarding school, this was the ultimate example of in loco parentis because the children hmm. were there 24 hours 7. And, and, and also we saw the school, like over the years, what we, what we observed, we, we really felt this was like a surrogate family. Right. You know, and we felt that John and Amanda took the place of, you know, the grandparents and Dermot, who had once been their student as a seven-year-old and now the headmaster. You know, he was kind of like the father and then, the, you know, the matrons were all kind of like the mums. And, right. you know, and it just, we just, we, it, it just, it just felt like that. You know, I mean, I know lots of schools pitch the thing of like, oh, we're a family, we're a community. But, you know, it's rare that you actually see it happening. And like when we, with John and Amanda before, like when we were doing our research about the film before we decided that we were definitely going to make this film, we spoke to a lot of alumni. So we spoke mm-hmm. to 50, 50-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 20-year-olds about what their experience had been like in the school. And it was John and Amanda's names that kept coming up. Like they were the two teachers that left their mark. And it's funny, like with John and Amanda, if you talk to them about any of the alumni, they remember them, mm, and, they, they, and they remember their nickname. It's remarkable, and they remember that you know, and like even like we were because we we brought it on a small sort of cinema release around Ireland, the film, and and alumni would you know show up and say, oh, you know, I was there in whatever seventy five, or I was there in you know the eighties, and and then we'd we'd text John and say, oh, so and so showed up. And each time he remembered them. And that's how he sees them. He always calls them his kids. Like, right. they are his children. Well, and, and they will forever be his children. Well, there's something really beautiful about the sense of inclusion um, yes. that that speaks to. And yes. I'm not sure that my kids are feeling it at school. Uh, I'm not yes. sure that I felt it at school. And I don't mean yes. just from the teachers. I don't want to be too hard on my teachers. But it's, yes. it's, it's also the environment. I mean, you know, Foucault, Michel Foucault would call most schools today postmodern gas chambers. The no, way, exactly. you know, the architecture yes. is just horrifying. It's bricks and steel, steel yes. doors and fluorescent lights. But I mean, here we've got yes. this rich, lovely environment that, you know, as you said earlier on, you know, flir- a, sp- a space to flourish in. And I yeah. and I get that sense from John and Amanda, and and I would imagine just you you belong here, <laughs> right? Yeah. You, oh no, you, you are welcome here. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And, and you know, that's what that we tried to show part of that in the, in the, in the film by, through Olive. You know, the, the gap student who comes back to help sort out the bands that can't mm. sing? You yes, know, like yes. Olive was once a, a student there. Yeah, she's she, very funny. She is very funny. But there were many Olives. You know, there, there was a constant stream of gap, of, you know, kids who had been to Headford, maybe in between finishing secondary school and going on to university or having just finished university, all coming back for, you know, short periods of time, maybe some of them for a week, some of them for a term, all because they kind of wanted to spend time in the, in the school, they wanted to give back to the school. So, you know, this, this, was, this was something that happened all the time. And I thought, this is extraordinary. Like, this is normal, you know, that kids who've been to a school want to come back. And, and like, John and Amanda's house, like, there's a well-worn path to their house, <laughs> where, you know, you'll go all down there, and there'll be, you know, there'll be a 50-year-old sitting there having lunch with them. Or, well, the know. shot the shot of the dog on the kitchen table is just, <laughs> it's just brilliant. The books, I love the way Amanda surrounds her students in books. I mean, how wonderful and delightful, and what are, what are you ultimately communicating? It's all, you know, the symbols and the metaphor there are just utterly yeah. astounding. What, yeah. why is this the only boarding school in Ireland for kids age 7 to 12? Is there just not enough demand for it? Is it too expensive? What's, what's going on? there i think they've become unpopular i think oh, people okay. think of boarding schools being as like very draconian oh right of course um, yeah you're gonna I get think, your hands wrapped yeah exactly and yeah. i think I, I you know and i i think it is financial it's awfully difficult to keep something like that going i mean like say headford now they have i think they have a staff of like 30 to 33 people maybe full-time and there's 85 kids you know, wow. there the year we were there. So, wow. I mean, you know, so, yeah. So keeping all that going, and they get zero, they get no state support at all. Right. So, you know, it is, it is, it is difficult for these, for these schools to keep going. And, uh, and a lot, I mean, I think the year we started filming, the year before, the second last boarding school closed down um, because they just, they just weren't able to do it. So, well, it's yeah, not, and, and, and it's not surprising it's not getting government funding. I mean, it's not, it's not as easy, right? It's not as easy. I mean, maybe that's too cynical of an approach, but it's not, you know, the word well, I used earlier was transactional. This is, yeah. this is a, this is, this takes a lot of care and attention, it seems to me. No, it does. And, but like, but like say the secondary schools in Ireland, um, most of the, most of the private schools, uh, they do get government support, but I, I think I think there's I think there's this sort of idea that you know secondary school is more important than primary school, which like I, I, having seen what I saw in this school for me, I think God they got it so wrong. They're because so wrong, yeah. It's it's like it's it's the moment the light switch is turned on, you know, <laughs> for the for the child. No, but but seriously, like yeah. if you switch on the light, the, you know, the light switch, and they they discover the joy of learning. Yeah. Yep. You know, and then, was, then was a, that would stay with them for the rest of the Nessa, there was a beautiful line that you kept in, very, it seems to me very intentional. One of the students, I think, talked about uh, a flower. I, I wrote it down because it just a huge smile. A flower explosion. And, yeah. and I don't even remember what he or she was talking about, but it was just so wonderful, so delightful. And it was kind of like, that. that's the argument t- t- to your statement about secondary school. No, this is where it begins. Yeah. Right. No, this is, you notice flower explosions when you're at this age, and I think that's kind of what Einstein was talking about. As you get older, yeah. you lose that sense of of, exactly. of of certainty, that sense of wonder, that sense of whatever yeah. intentionality. As a kid, uh, we, exactly. we as a society, we and parents mm-hmm. and all that, we've we we squeeze it out of our kids. It seems to me. 
No, exactly, exactly. And that's exactly what we found happened to our own children. And that's what we saw the other, you know, in the other children. And, you know, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully what they learned, they will carry that through with them, you know, for their secondary and their university, you know, experience. Because, you know, education, learning, all that should be fun. It should be joyous. It should and absolutely be fun. I, uh, I have to say again how much I loved your film. A couple, we're going to have to wrap it up here in a second. But um, and I honestly, I could talk to you all day about this. This is just wonderful, marvelous stuff. Um, I can't tell you how much fun the the concert was and the uh, the wild thing. I mean, yeah. the, the, I don't know if it was the rehearsal. I think it was the rehearsal. It was the rehearsal. Oh, hysterical <laughs> capital H. I mean, could have you? I mean, it's just so wasn't about the wild thing. I mean, it was just it was awesome, absolutely yeah. wonderful. So I think it was John who was talking about one of the rehearsals, and I just sort of had this thought now, and he said something like, "You know, they hit all the right notes, but they weren't necessarily in the right order." And, and do you know what? For me, that's kind of what this is all about. This school, mm. you know, we're mm-hmm. going to hit them all right. But we're mm. we're not they're not going to be in the right order. It's mm. de- it's going to be a little messy from time to time. Uh, you know that 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 one beautiful scene with the the young boy taking photos and walking into the the, the yeah. bush and and with Amanda, mm. I just kind of went, oh no, where are we going? And and again, you just you just you go, it's 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 not easy. This is this is you know we aren't aren't we a bundle of paradox and contradictions? You know, and that mm. and and that and now Hedford has to deal with that in these kids. And I I I, I just so want to celebrate what you've done. It's just such a beautiful film, and I wish you all the success with it in in the world. Oh, um, thank you, David. Yeah, and this is the Canadian premiere, right? Yep, this is the Canadian premiere, and it'll be on tonight. I think it'll also be on on Wednesday during the day, and again on Sunday. And and then Blue Ice are our distributors, so they're going to they're planning um, a cinema release for it. Uh, it'll certainly be on in the Ted Rogers Cinema here in Toronto, Wonderful. and that'll happen sometime at the end of September. So yes, please look out for it and um, and support it, and um, and it it will make you feel positive about the world. <laughs> Well, you know, so many documentaries. I, I heard somebody joke about documentary film recently, and he said, mm-hmm. "Oh, those are those are the kind of movies that for people who want to feel sad." Yeah, no, <laughs> that, I know, and that, you know, that's not yeah. your film at all. No, it's not. It's not. And like, look, all those other documentaries—they're so important, you know. But yes, every so often, like, you need you need hope, and absolutely, and yeah. you know, I think this is a film that you know is hopeful. It, um, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's inspiring, it's delightful, it's engaging, it's just so many things. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I so love what you've done with this now. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. We've been uh, talking about the film at Hot Docs, uh, Canadian premiere tonight, actually, which won't mean a whole lot to our listeners, but coming up on May the 3rd and May the 7th as well, uh, School Life. Nasa, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, David. Pleasure. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.